Hello and welcome to the Hive Minds. Today we are going to cover the subject pitch or not to pitch. It's a big, big subject within agency world. Um, and obviously today we've got with us Matt, John and Ollie, who you'll have heard on the previous podcast and the introduction. Um, we're going to fire straight into pitch or not to pitch. I'm going to direct the first question at you, Matt. Okay. Um, talk to us about... BDB's process when it comes to pitch or not to pitch? Well, you like a best practice version or reality? Uh, reality. Uh, I think the reality of it is obviously we get a lot of inbound leads. Uh, we get a lot of leads from our contacts and our network, um, from our international client base, and the fact we've been trading for 30 years. Um, I think up until relatively recently, we were quite loose in terms of the qualification of the leads and the okay. opportunity that come through the building. And that was more in the sense of the eagerness to jump on an opportunity from everybody. So something lands in an inbound lead, we get we jump on the opportunity, we immediately dive into a call with a client, and I would call it loose qualification in the sense of there was a process where we'd ask certain questions, but it wasn't necessarily pre-agreed, it wasn't consistent, okay. it wasn't uh, uh, the same person even, even doing it. Um, and I think... I, as one of my kind of, I guess, New Year's resolutions for 2019, wanted to be truer to myself in the sense of, you know, we are a dedicated B2B agency and we've got to be more selective about who we work with rather than diving on every opportunity that comes through the door. Okay. Um, Hence why I'm here. To well, part, part, of why, <laughs> part of why you're with us. Not to, not to brush my own uh, No, but jacket. that's yeah, part of why you're here to obviously kind of get more shape to that process. So talk, talk to me about, I mean, I, obviously I've, been in many agencies, um, and this is not just agencies who I wear, I think it's most businesses where they don't tend to have a, I think sales is a dirty word now in yeah. today's modern society, isn't it? Sales have changed. And um, I think the agency, the reality in agency world is everyone gets involved in pitches. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's certainly the case at BDB. Yeah. What, what problems does that cause when it comes to pitch or, or not to pitch? I think it's kind of the control and the inconsistent approach of it, because I think for me, everybody's got the best interest of the agency at heart, everybody wants to convert that lead, yeah. and I think sometimes it's just stepping back from the detail and thinking and being braver about your decisions as well, like is this a client we want to work with, mm. is, this a pro is this a client that's appropriate for us to work with, is it a sector we want to work within, and being braver at saying no, um, I think that's a, the biggest probably the learning point for me over the last few years of you're so eager to please mm. and to do business and to, to chase down the new business you're probably arguably neglecting existing clients organic growth for the sake of opportunities that maybe you shouldn't be at the forefront of your mind yeah. so. well, it's, it's kind of easy to get glamoured isn't it by a big name yeah. and certainly and we've done it yeah. pretty consistently in the last two years we've been very conscious of not chasing revenue and not just looking at it for a name you know there's got to be a kind of a sustainable reason for the agency to actually engage with a mm. prospect now otherwise you end up worst case scenario in the dreaded beauty parade mm. and that is kind of one of the most soul destroying things particularly from a creative perspective mm. to wheel yourself out present to the client only for two weeks later to be told oh well sorry we're not progressing with anything and lo and behold six to eight weeks after that your ideas in some way shape <laughs> or form are a reality in the real world. I think though, um, trying to look at people's buying cycles will evidently help that. And I think what, what the, the mistake I often see agencies make is spending time on pitches that 
you shouldn't be spending time on. I mean, we've obviously, yeah. since I come into BDB and we've obviously talked about it before, it's a, and Ollie has been played in a big part in looking at marketing and, and sales enablement within BDB, but obviously done a lot of research out of here. Do you think that that is the way forward? Obviously, I know we're doing it as a business, so we, we kind of, we do, obviously, we do believe in it, but do you, do you understand why businesses have a, a reticence and not put sales and marketing automation in the business? to decide whether they should pitch or not. I think it's more the fear of the unknown and also the investment that's required. I mean, Ollie's yeah. the best place to speak on it, but it's significant. It's not, exactly, it's not exactly the easiest thing to set up. You can't mm. kind of say, I want to do this, and then the next day it, it's set up and running. You've got to put real time and investment in it. You've got to make sure you've got the, uh, the right data, the right process, the right um, workflows in order to nurture those contacts. And I, th I think it's a, you know, like Matt says, a real investment to be able to do that. And mm. uh, with the way a lot of businesses work, which is a bit more reactive, um, um, it, it gets a bit harder to um, start thinking and planning ahead. Uh, so yeah, I think it's the investment and, and time limitations are, are the uh, real issues. But I also think that the learning point for me, I've embraced this over the last couple of years alongside Ollie and the other people in the business at BDB, the amount of time you can save by, I'm, I'm, I'm money, but time is money in the sense of we sell service, we sell time, getting that time back by pre-qualifying the lead and having a decent robust process around it in terms of not only qualifying the opportunity and we can go into in terms of what, what, what qualifies a good opportunity and what kind of factors do we look for, mm. but it, you can save hours, one not wasting your time on, on pitches that are just completely inappropriate or wasting your time or just tire kicking exercises and yeah. you become a lot better at identifying those, um, but also then getting the time back to invest and properly implement a sales automation, sales enablement platform rather than buying a product and failing to implement and embed it in the organisation, mm -hmm. which again is what we see across a lot of our clients at the end of the day. So. Yeah, you're right. The culture is really important and that whole buy-in, you know, from the top down, bottom up, however you want to play it. Yeah. Everyone within BDB now understands we have a marketing automation platform, we have a CRM platform, they are integrated, they are here with a purpose and they're starting to understand the, the value that it brings rather than the usual or old school, take a call, have a meeting, respond to a brief, become disappointed, become disillusioned, do it again. I think it's not its not just having a tech stack to be trendy, in the sense yeah. that, you know, it's very on trend to talk about stack at the minute and talk about tech stack and all this kind of thing, but, you know, we've been looking at this probably for two years in the pipeline, the build-up to this, to develop not only a tech stack for ourselves, mm. but also getting to know the, the whole multitude of uh, options that are available to our clients that they're using their organisations, but the core principles are the same. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the core principles of taking a client, whether it's a person who's coming through our outbound marketing or coming through our inbound channels, is taking them on a journey so they actually understand BDB more mm -hmm. and get to know us as, when I, Owen mentioned it yesterday, being more human. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what sales enablement helps us to do as an agency is mm -hmm. educate the client a lot more than be that faithless, faithless yeah. brand between pitches and not pitches. But just going back to to pitch or not to pitch, do you look at monetary value? Do you like get budget straight away? Will you do it based on briefs? I know we've we've kind of put started to put things in, in place now and we're looking at lead scoring within the uh, sales and marketing enablement, but I'm just kind of trying to talk pre that, purely and simply to help other businesses out there and, and clients well, we that get, are looking at getting we'll into get a lead in, inbound lead lands in our generic inbound contact us kind of email address account. Yeah. Um, 
first first stages of who is it? Have we heard of them? Do we know the company? Uh, is it a Gmail account or a Hotmail account? I'm not saying that precludes everybody, but to the same extent of it immediately sets a tone for that kind of shape of the organisation. How official does it look? Immediately then I'm thinking, who is it we're speaking to? What rank are they in the organisation? Are they a decision maker? Mm. And I think at times, I'm not saying this is always the case, but if they're kind of an account exec, a marketing exec, a relatively junior role. Usually fishing around, aren't they? It tends to that somebody's set them the task of going, kicking tyres and building yeah. a few quotes and seeing where they get to. Um, and then I think you can get into various other areas. But budget, obviously that's more my responsibility. Budget's one of the many factors, but you, it's very, it's very... It's not end all, is no, it? No, it's very, very unusual to have a budget, let alone a brief in the first piece of contact, mm-hmm. and that's where maybe briefs... Start to play start a big, to play role. big part as well. And it, you can kind of, I guess... If you get a brief attached to an inbound inquiry, you immediately get a sense that that client is kind of more serious about the process than perhaps someone who's just, you know, speed dating agencies. And it allows you to kind of start to almost qualify, go into that qualification process, wouldn't matter how much time a day. Whether they're right for us, isn't it? Yeah, are they serious about it? Big one for me is how transparent they are. So in the sense of, is it a beauty parade? If it is, how many agencies are involved? They said it's a six-agency process, sure. Yeah. It's a three with two presented, with one being selected by a certain day. Have they been clear with timetables and timelines? The frustration is these woolly, vague, carrot-dangling opportunities you get at times mm. that, you know, it's very hard to turn down. Well, it goes back to your point about, I think that the problem that I've seen across many agencies is the power of no that yeah. just doesn't exist in some places. Because... Whether you whether the MD or the salesperson or creative or head of tech, whoever's involved in those sales processes, always does. It's human nature to get carried away with leads that come in, and but it's also human nature because probably finance or management or the board or the owners are putting pressure on people to grow, yeah. chase new business, yeah. win new accounts, bring on new names, build that roster of clients. Mm-hmm. Often to the detriment of the client service of the existing client yeah. base, where yeah. it's, you know, arguably for the lowest hanging fruit to grow, really, yeah. from if you can sell in cross-sell and upsell to your existing clients whilst maintaining their client satisfaction. So. I also think that uh, the people would get a better <clears throat> pitch. Like you said, if they could have a great brief, but they're not good great timelines. I think timelines are a massively important mm-hmm. thing. I think when, uh, again, agencies I've seen in the past, and you know, this is kind of a tip to clients really, is give a good timeline to, to the pitch process because you will get a better product. Mm-hmm. It's not, we're doing the pitch next week. You know, it takes time to put those pitches together um, in, that's the, in the, the studio. And that's, especially from a creative point that's, of view. That's the sad thing is, you know, I can remember years and years ago when I started, you get two to three months to prepare a pitch, mm-hmm. and it was a big thing. There weren't as many pitches flying around. You know, it, agencies and client relationships are a lot stickier, mm-hmm. a lot longer term. Mm-hmm. The whole model's changed, and that's probably driven a lot of it in terms of we're very lucky that a large pro- proportion of our business is retained. Yeah. You know, I've worked in agencies and I'm a, the majority of agencies now work on a project basis. So mm. you get clients who are really fickle and kind of quite happy to jump from agency to agency on a project by project basis. Hence, they're under pressure from their end. So they're getting this kind of downward pressure to kind of supply work and produce marketing mm. on an almost a monthly basis. So these pitches are getting shorter, more frequent. And obviously, the quality is going to suffer over time. Yeah, I think they get into that syndrome of pitching and pitching and pitching and pitching, and actually don't take that step back. And you, you do, you do. But the, again, you know, when you've got to reflect on your own business, and we've recently come through a, a successful period, mm. but we've 
courted probably 36 new, well, I say probably, I know the numbers, 36 new business opportunities involved in the last six months. Arguably, that's too many. So yeah. my point being there, all the ones that I would consider have kind of wasted our time. And by that, I mean gone through a process, gone cold, disappeared, dropped a project, decided they're not going to do that after gathering all the intel, like John said. If we'd have pre-qualified it better with the processes that we've yeah. now got in place in the system, we probably <coughs> would have said no. And does a brief obviously play a big part in that? Because I know we, yeah. we talked about if you actually went back over UCRM and looked at how many of those... I think most of the ones that have gone cold or gone away, there was no brief. So yeah, they, I mean, so that's a real indication. They were willing to take the time to, to, yeah. to, to yeah. write it to an extent and... It's, it's up to us to back back to the client, though, isn't it? Really? How, bra how brave are we to that extent of, and this is, you know, again, it's things that are developing in our own business here, of being bold enough to ask the client the questions of who's involved in the process, mm. how many agencies, what is your selection criteria, is your incumbent agency involved, is a big one. Big we, one. We've come a cropper with that on several occasions in the last 12 or 24 months in the sense of, yes, our incumbent's there, but we're not overly happy with them. Well, the incumbent get it, so are they just looking for fresh ideas to give the mates? And you know, these are the kind of things ultimately that sit at your core, the pit of your stomach now when something lands through the inbox of an inbound loop. That's one spin twice shy, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, you know, no one can, I don't think any agency owner, any creative director, any head of technology, anyone in the agency world can sort of say that they've got the perfect pitch process. It's always an iterative and learning process. Mm -hmm. But I think to your point earlier, Chris, you know, this whole idea of having a sales or having like an inbound strategy and aligning sales mm. and marketing allows us to allow the client to almost pre-qualify us. I think a lot of the time when you get a random email into the kind of central email address at work, it's someone who's like, I don't know, what's the phrase, sort of carpet bombing agencies with yeah. no kind of thought about what they do or what industries they're working. I've been on qualification calls where the first thing's been, so what do you do? And you're kind of like, what, well, why am I here? I think the other thing that we really need to consider as well, when we, when we get any kind of inbound leaders, do we think we can help them or not? Not only are they right for us, but are we right for them? Yeah, and if we're not, we need to be passing it on to people that we, yeah. we think really can help them. I think our them. strategy really helps with that now, in that people are learning, you know, that progressive profiling, they're getting more information yeah. about us by each interactions to the point of they should know pretty clearly yeah. what we're about, what our proposition is, what our skill sets are, what our market strengths are. But I think by putting <laughs> yourself in that... said that the number of B2C opportunities we get coming in is scary yeah. at times. <laughs> but I think what, what, that really, really, really shocked me. And that is a really classic case of someone who, who's not read stuff. And it, it kind of brings me nicely onto the point, and you'll be able to help me with this, Ollie, from a tech point of view, but I think when we started to look really seriously into sales and marketing enablement was really understanding the B2B and B2C market. In essence, the buyer still goes through a journey and the buying journey has started a lot, lot earlier these days. So I think people's behaviors before they choose or mm -hmm. go onto agencies, um, there is patterns and that's why the, the, the sales and marketing automation, in essence, is so key because data is so key to this current process that I could we could tell by a particular score whether that particular company is yeah. interested or not based on behaviours. Um, do you want to talk a bit how that technology works and why, how, why we come to those decisions, Ali? Yeah, so like you say, um, there is research that shows these days that the, uh, the buying journey starts 
you know, long uh, before it kind of used to. There's a, the process is probably even longer than it used to be, the whole buying process, but the actual part that a company such as ourselves will see is probably shorter. It's taking more, uh, taking more place towards the end of the, uh, the buying process. So we might think it's only uh, quite a short process, but really it's been going on for a while. Um, so it's important to have the right kind of content and technology out there to be able to reach that audience at the right time measure when they're interacting with you, even if they've not gone in touch with you. So going directly to your question about um, kind of how that technology would work, it's about having kind of the right tracking in place, um, making sure that you're getting the right kind of touch points, that you're measuring those touch points, that if somebody's uh, gone to your website, for example, and downloaded a piece of content that you've got out there, that you're not obviously going on bombarding them straight away with uh, sales information because they're not at that stage of their journey yet but that you're aware of them um, and that you're, you're tracking their activity and, and giving them related content mm -hmm. so that when they are further down that journey, you can be much more relevant about how you get in touch with them and much more uh, kind of relevant to their, their objectives. Yeah. It's a real irony, isn't it? It's like a bit like cobbler's shoes. You know, this is the kind of the stuff every day that we recommend to our clients. It, the amount of agencies that don't do it. Well, and a, a lot of it badly. Yeah, a lot of agents do. I mean, what I would always say... From a, from a client point of view, it's not just agencies that should do it. I think every single business in the world, regardless whether it's a product or service, should have an element of sales and marketing automation in the business because you are tracking. I know big data's banded around mm -hmm. massively, but if you want it to be market, marketed to in the right way, I think I've been through a lot of sales and marketing automation stuff, and I realise that they have taken me on a journey and, and where I've gone. And have I got a better service from the, the, the person or the company because of that? Yeah, damn right I have. Um, but then for me, when, when I came into the marketing world five, six years ago on a, on a full-time basis, in the sense of um, the number of clients we spoke to, the prospects we spoke to so far, who their sales approach or lead qualification to pitch or not to put to speak or whether yeah. with an opportunity still, still involves, oh, somebody's made contact with us. So they pick up the phone and say, do you want to buy from us? And they say, no, not yet. And then they put that in the bin and the lead is killed off at that point. So I think if this is still in its infancy in terms of adoption of and people truly championing this, um, but I think it's something we're going to see an awful lot more of over the next few years. So again, I think what I've seen from clients is they tend to have an inbound strategy in terms of the kind of wait for the phone to, to ring <laughs> as such, um, and they have a marketing campaign, but mm -hmm. they that marketing campaign doesn't really have any tracking that goes with it doesn't really fall into the sales process and sales and marketing send, tend to be two totally different departments that don't talk to each other sometimes in businesses. I've, I've worked at a company where the teams are sat in the same room and they still never talk to each other. They're literally right. metres apart and they still don't in any way coordinate the activity and obviously that's not really the way forward. I mean, we, when we talk to our clients, you know, the majority of the people we talk to are obviously in marketing departments. Mm. You know, very clearly I see our position and our job in their eyes is to make their life and their salespeople's lives as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. And by sort of implication, their job is to make the salespeople's lives as easy as possible. Yet there's still this kind of weird friction between the departments as if there's a really competitive thing, you know. I think it's more linked to the fact they're absolutely KPI'd in a different way. If you look at what the measures are in terms of the way they're, they're run, I mean, you can go into a whole different piece here on sales and marketing alignment, which is effectively what we're talking about. But 
the sales and marketing alignment piece in itself is an ongoing issue in many businesses because they're KPI completely differently. Yeah. Not marketing, do they think their job's done when it when somebody pops in and makes contact or somebody down, somebody downloads a, a press release or sees a press release or downloads a white paper? Is that is that a tick in the box for marketing? Is that a great job for marketing? Or should they be educating and helping the salespeople at this point mm. to kind of convert that lead and nurture it through? But the number of clients we see that don't have any process, so like last year there is an inbound process. You can call it a process, it's probably quite similar to what we've had in yeah, previous years. It's not a process. No. It's a reactionary response to an inbound position that then everybody gets a bit overexcited about probably. Yeah. And I think my biggest, biggest, I'll probably come back to this in a second because I'm just going to, um, we're going to cover sales and marketing automation in a, a future podcast anyway. It's a big, big subject and we will cover it. But kind of, to, not to bring it to a close, but what I'm going to do is go around everyone and ask to pitch or not to pitch your two top tips for clients when it comes to informing agencies. So I'll start with you, Matt. Two uh, top tips. For me, if you're serious about it, take the time to produce a brief in the, in the highest level. The content of that brief is probably could do a different podcast on, but produce a brief. Be clear with people of what you want, what you expect, what timelines you are. And I think the second point linked to it would be be as transparent as you can in that brief and okay. as honest and as open as you are comfortable doing. Because for me, when somebody says, I, uh, you know, I, always, I always tend to link it to, I, do, I want to buy a car. Well, you can buy several different types of cars to meet your objective. You'll still get it from A to B, but be clear in terms of what budget, what your expectations are, how much you want to invest in that process and so on. So I suppose a brief and being as detailed and granular as you can with that brief. Okay. Thank you. John? I... I'd echo that, but I'd also say be ready to be questioned. You know, quite a lot now, and certainly from our perspective, I think we are kind of, we're probably reviewing whether we want to work with the client as much as the client is putting the opportunity yeah, there. Absolutely. So you need to be and look invested in the process. Yep. Do your research first, understand who you're talking to, please get a brief, a brief in there. Un- help the agency understand what it is you want to achieve and when you've done that you'll get the best kind of results back out of the process but I do think from the agency supplier point that's a really a really good point because I think it, it, to ask those questions you've got to be brave and it's not an egotistical thing of no you know do you deserve our skills and expertise not at all it's more are we right for that opportunity can we deliver on those objectives that you want us to do so kind of you know quick don't worry about being seen to puff your chest out. It's more pre-qualification yeah, and to I think do it's, a better job. I think it's just how we how we say those things. I think yeah. sometimes how yeah. we communicate it. And that goes back to taking the clients on a journey. Yeah. Ollie? Uh, I'd say the key point which is uh, connected to that is uh, making sure you have a clear objective. Because I think far too often the objective, let's get some awareness, um, without really thinking through a lot of the time what they really want is sales at the end of the day. So I think being much more clear uh, and descriptive with what that objective is um, would be beneficial. Obviously that should be a key part of the brief. Um, and then the other aspect, very much building on what John and Matt have said, is uh, to be collaborative. I don't think it should only be a case of being prepared to ask questions, but that relationship with the agency starts even before you've signed on as a client. Mm-hmm. And it feels, uh, at least from my experience, much better to work on a pitch when it feels like you're already working together towards the same objective. Mm-hmm. You're able to have that dialogue beforehand. It's not a case of scheduling one call a few weeks before the pitch and asking you 10 questions and then speak to Matt the pitch. I just feel like it works a lot better when you have that closer relationship from the beginning and you can start talking about things as you go along. Yeah, and I'll tie into that. <clears throat> so my, my two top tips is research the agencies properly. 
and make sure that you are um, taking those agencies that you're going to give the brief to. And the second one, um, and I've seen this done with a few people and it works really well, is once you write the brief, then put the, put the brief into sections yeah. and score agencies. Because when it, you come to giving feedback, you will clearly see who all the, all the people in the process, if there's a marketing director, managing director, and maybe even a marketing exec in the pitch, they all should score separately and have a clear scoring system in place, which actually um, we've got a piece of content which we can share with you that kind of helps in, in that process. But break down the brief, score it, compare scores at the end and then decide and give that agency a score and then you'll have a league table on what you, dis what you think should come out on top, whether it's chemistry, whether it's price, you know, and have a clear objective which, which you think is the most important, but make sure uh, the agencies know that. Mm -hmm. Thanks to everyone again today. Um, next podcast will be very, very soon. It'll be next week. Um, so stay tuned and um, follow us on all our social channels. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks. Okay.